Welcome to the Books on Air podcast. I'm Suzanne Harris, and my listeners get the secret backstory behind every book. Joining me today is Sujata Tiwari. She is here to talk about her very personal and inspirational book, Against All Odds, No Retakes, No Manuals, Real Life Lessons. Sujata, welcome to Books on Air. It's such a pleasure to have you today. Thank you, Suzanne. It's an honor for being in, in a talking to you. You know, your book, your story, is very, very personal. Why did you decide and make the courageous decision to share your story in a book? Because as I have said this in my book, and I've said it often, there are lots and lots of people out there, women, and not only women, men, children, who serve as in an abusive, toxic relationship or in a toxic situation. What they do most often is not to come out in the open because our society is built in such a way that there is re-stigmatization and there is no justice most of the time. So they suffer in silence and they put it under the carpet and they don't come out. Because I took the courageous step when lockdown happened and because my journey is so unique where, you know, I even had a spiritual experience, I decided and felt a calling that I must put this book as a legal life manual so that everybody who thinks that they can't do it should get inspired by my story. Because I was all alone. I have always been alone. But I, it never stopped me or deterred me from taking courageous dis, you know, decisions in life-altering moments. And I want that to be heard by everybody so that they can take the courage and they can come forward. How long did it take you to put the book together? How long did it take you to write it? Oh, I started in lockdown last year in March, actually end of March when the court case of seven years ended and there was lockdown in Singapore and I just started writing and I wrote every day. I almost became blind, but it was like, you know, pouring the entire story out and I published the book on Amazon in September. Was it cathartic for you? Was it... Did you feel like you were able to get cleansed in some way inside by writing everything down? Yes. Yes. Actually, I will always tell people that never bottle up your feelings. You must express either through journal writing if you don't have somebody to share. And we don't often have people to share because, let's face it, people don't care. And so they are not going to actually be bothered about you. And... uh, so you can do journal writing. If you are blessed and fortunate to have a friend, share it with the friend. And if nothing else, then share it with the world. You can always put it out in the open. And it's for discerning individuals to take up your story and to, you know, take inspiration, guidance or whatever. And in the process, you will be lighter. It's like crying. When grief and bereavement happen, the ones who probably deal with it uh, easier and faster are those who can cry. And those who bottle it up get choked on the tears 
take a longer time in healing, especially men who are taught not to cry. Oh, that's put so eloquently. You just, you have such a wonderful way with words, and I couldn't agree with you more. I have read so much about the power of journaling, and there are so many ways that you can do that. And I think if there's no one that you feel that you can open up to, that it is so important to at least sit down and begin to write about the events, begin to write about your feelings, begin to let things out, even if it's only on paper. You're right. Bottling things up is not healthy. Sujata, did you learn anything new about yourself from writing the book? Uh, not exactly, because uh, I have always, as a child, been writing. And uh, reading and writing is what we grew up with. And since I was a journalist earlier, so I guess writing was not very difficult for me. Uh, versus people, you know, who have to write such sensitive matters, even for journaling, right? Right. But since... I have been writing since I was a journalist, since I did all kinds of uh, jobs where I had to write, uh, like as an investigator, you have to write reports and you have to write, you know, something very sensitive, which is only for somebody's eyes who's given you a task. And you have to deal with writing, I think, was not so difficult for me. Um, as far as learning, I think I discovered Every time that I do something outside the ordinary, I discover some aspect of me which tells me that I have a lot of courage and resilience. That is something which constantly comes up in my actions. Oh, I love that. And it shows in the book. Let's give our listeners just an overview of your story in the book. So shall I tell what the whole book is all about? Just an overview, just so they have an idea of what your story is. Okay. So basically my story is about a single woman's journey of courage and resilience. Because like I say, when you have nothing, absolutely nothing, you have the one thing within you and that is your courage. And you have, if you believe in doing the right thing, Thing, then you will just draw upon your courage and doors will open. And that is what I have found. So growing up in a country like India, where you have to face all kinds of challenges, especially as a woman, I went through it all. I went through, you know, like losing my father at 10, being brought up by my widowed mother who taught us very sound principles. That's why I am what I am because of her. And then, you know, if you don't get a manual to be a perfect woman, perfect wife, mother, and also I, you know, did, uh, I became a daughter-in-law against the wishes of the family. I, you know, I became a career woman. And all the time the society told me, you can't do it. From a housewife to fashioning a career without any resume, without any certificate, that has been my journey. Uh, or if you take the example that where I was a housewife and I was stalked by a mafia don, how did I do, 
how did I handle those situations? As I say, leadership is not about the designations. It's about decisions that one takes. So setting up business and foreign shows, handling the rape case, um, having a spiritual experience. I think except for being uh, murdered myself and, you know, far worse, I've almost faced everything. And I've always relied on my courage. So I wanted this book as a legal life manual. And that's what is the story all about. It's an incredible story about one single woman who was totally alone at every step. But I just relied on my courage and confidence. Is there a part of the book that you would like to read to our listeners? Yes, because... Uh, this part of the book actually captures the essence of the whole book. You know, it's the title of the book, right? So if you just bear with me, I can read it out. Perfect. I had to hire a car for the whole day. Initially, I chose different cars so as not to leave trails as much as possible for the security guards who were spying on our movements. The first day, it started with lightning. Uh, I must uh, tell a bit because people may not understand, you know, since I'm reading a part. So I have two daughters, and one of them was is the survivor, and the other is the sister. And uh, both of them were prosecution witness. I have, of course, changed names to protect the identity. So I will start with the survivor who is called Lightning. It started with lightning and we left early in the morning for the one and a half journey to the other end of the town where the court was from where we stayed. Lightning was nervous as hell. We reached early. There is a board outside the courtroom with listings of serial numbers to be heard for the day. Ironically, kindness and compassion are not gender specific. From day one, I was targeted as the main point by the defense lawyer. Webhub was delayed and a number came up. Serial number called out the clerk. Since I was to be a witness, which somehow the defense knew, it was strongly opposed of my sitting in an adjoining room. The lady judge was equally firm and said I would be allowed in her court. So I was permitted to sit in the adjoining room. Lightning was in tears once the question started, firing like bullets. She tried to say she would like to wait for a lawyer. No one, especially a rape victim, can be prepared for what happens in the witness box. The judge said kindly, I will take care, just answer the defense lawyer questions. But the worst was that the rapist, the accused, was sitting there. What kind of laws do we have where you are to be in the presence of your attacker and go over the incident? In front of him, you have to talk of bite marks, genital pain, and answer questions on your character. She didn't remember that night, but knew now. So this time, it was public rape, and you have to be aware and picture what this man had done to you and not say a word. And then you have to hear from society to move on. Really? Bagade came in, but there was another lady, the assistant public prosecutor, who was speaking for Bagade. Her name, I was to learn later, was Nilima Kasturi. Bagade came and lightning looked beseechingly at him. 
I was carved in stone and ice cold. I could only think of the perpetrator in the next room. Lightning gave her testimony in tears. She was PW1, which means prosecution witness number one. Three of us born with names were Christianed again with given names, PW1, PW2, and for me, I have a new name, PW12. It takes almost a day, and at the end, we went home. There are no decent restrooms, and during lunch break, we had to look for a nearby cafe to eat just for using the restroom. My serious ill health started. Even though I didn't eat throughout the whole day, my sugar levels were soaring sky high. There was chest pain, and what I thought was bleeding was actually stool incontinence, staining my panties. It was day one. Day two, it was PW2, Lotus, who was to take a stand. She is the fiery one, and I had to caution her to be polite but firm and not lose her cool, or be rattled or sidetracked, as that would be to the advantage of the defense. She had to repeat everything. Basically, both daughters had to literally undress and be naked in front of the perpetrator and let him gloat internally and relive his pleasure. For the next three months, except for weekends, I was to hire a car every day and I would go in the same clothes. They were washed only on the weekend. I would go early when the doors were opened and the sweepers came to clean the courtroom and tidy up. There were piles and piles of files dotting the floor on the sides of the room. On the judge's table and the table where the prosecution sat were thick, heavy books of law. When the judge walked in while passing through to her chambers, she saw me sitting like a statue in a corner. I also went early so I would have a place to sit. As in an open court, there are many troubled souls who come and a whole horde of lawyers and sometimes journalists come and go to. Webhav assured me that the girls had finished their testimony and maybe lightning may have to come one more time later. But as of now, they were not required. But I was going every day. There were 24 witnesses, and some of them I couldn't sit and observe as I had yet to testify. And so it was a joining room. The staff were all kind with their looks as we never spoke. And as days went by, I was to become a familiar figure. People would identify me later by my uniform dress as the rape victim mother. Finally, it was my turn and I had carried all the tapes that I had collected, all the evidence and documents that were needed. As I was fast learning and determined that I should not be caught napping, this was my only chance to be heard. Strangely, when my turn came, the defense lawyer made a motion to not accept my testimony and especially the tapes I was carrying. How did the defense lawyer know? I knew now for certainty that we were being watched the judge overruled. There was some issue with the police tapes due to technical problem when it was to be played in court. The accused was not present that day. His permission was sought via video conferencing. He was connected and he was asked and he said no, he would like to be present. So it was carried over the next day when His Highness would come from jail to watch with me. My stomach was burning and in knots. My temple was throbbing. There was a throbbing in the anal region and the anal discharge was continuing. I was to wear adult diapers for most of the entire duration. The next day, I told the judge from start to finish 
how I had not slept for more than a year. My trauma, the dog's trauma, my children's trauma. I let the narrative of the whole sequence of the CCTV footage and he watched with a smirk. Wonder whether he was getting sexually aroused, who knows. The judge admitted the footage, despite vehement opposition by the defense. If looks would kill, he would be dead, but he was very much alive. I just made it back home somehow and locked myself in the room. I was drained and numb, bereft of feeling and sensation. Sujara, what a nightmarish experience for you and your girls. Oh, that's unbelievable and so powerfully written. I was right there in the courtroom with you. That Thank you for sharing that with our listeners. And I'm sure after hearing that, they want to know where to find the book. So let me tell them. It is on Amazon, and let me give you the title again, and let me spell Sujata's name for you. The title of the book is Against All Odds. No retakes, no manuals, real life lessons. By Sujata, S-U-J-A-T-A, Tiwari, T-I-W-A-R-I. When you go to Amazon, type in your search feature the name of the book, and Sujata is just by her first name, S-U-J-A-T-A, as the author. When you see the book and you see the title on Amazon, it will also have her last name, Tiwari, T-I-W-A-R-I. You can order the book right there on that page. And in the upper right-hand corner of the cover representation, you'll see two words. You'll see the words, Look Inside. If you'll click on those two words, the book will electronically open. You'll see Sujata's picture is on the front cover. Is that right, Sujata? Is that you? Yes. On the book cover, it's me. I thought that was you. And then on the inside are all of these wonderful photographs of you and your parents and all kinds of personal photographs that our our listeners can see and get an idea of what you look like and what your parents look like. And there are some other photographs in there as well. Now, let's send them to your website because you do have a website, and I think you want to give the listeners some more information. Let's give them the website. Yeah. Please. The website is uh, www.againstalloddsbysujata.com or you can also find me on LinkedIn, which is sujata-tiwari14699-3165. And I think you also wanted to give the listeners some contact information that is in yes. the book. Yes, so in the book and everywhere, like I say, that I'm one of the most accessible people on this planet. So I give my phone number, which is plus six five nine one seven three five three zero two. And my email ID is also there in the book, which is sujata at cavecouncil.com. It's very simple, C-A-V-E-C-O-U-N-S-E-L 
com. Perfect. Now, I have one more question for you. And this might be a hard question to answer because this is such a personal story and it's so filled with trauma and drama and there is so much that has happened in your life. When our listeners become readers and they've purchased a copy of the book and they sit down and they read the book, I doubt that they would read it cover to cover, but they would read the book and when they finish, when they get to that very last page and they finish the last page and they close the cover, what message would you like for our listeners who become readers to take away from the book Against All Odds? The reader should take away after reading the book is if there is no hope, it's all dark, then that book should serve as a light for you to know that you can do it if I could do it. And there is one person in this globe who can be your 2 a.m., 4 a.m. friend, and that is me. I would like to be there for you in your journey, no matter hard, how hard, how traumatic is your life, you can count on me. That is why you keep this book with you. If you don't find me, you see and read from the book everything there is a solution. And if you can connect with me, then I'm there. No matter where you are, no matter where I am, as long as I'm alive, I'm there to help. Thank you so very much. You are an inspiration. It's Your story is the story that comes out of headlines. It's the story that we see in the movies. It's, it's, and yet it happened to you, a real person. And I thank you so much for sharing that story and for making yourself available to someone who may be suffering in some way the same as you suffered. So that I think that's very important. Thank you so much for doing that. It's been a pleasure to have you as my guest on Books on Air. It's my pleasure, too. Now, remember, you can find this very powerful personal story written by Sujata Tiwari, S-U-J-A-T-A-T-I-W-A-R-I, the title of the book, Against All Odds. You can find it on Amazon. You've been listening to the Books on Air podcast brought to you on webtalkradio.net. You can hear this podcast on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Stitcher. I'm Suzanne Harris, and I hope that you'll join me for our next Books on Air podcast. Because remember, you never know who's going to be here, and you never know what we're going to talk about. Thank you so much for listening.